2: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel
0: gear.
3: I'm your host, Tommy. I actually listen to the Inside Carolina podcast sponsored by JohnnyTShirt.com and Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street, best place to get Carolina gear. And you better get some football gear because we're here to talk about the ACC 2020 college football schedule finally released today on Wednesday. Greg Barnes has been all over it. Greg, it is in person or in pencil, excuse me, given the nature of the beast that is today's society. But the ACC has made some decisions. And and quite interestingly enough, I kind of like this new schedule.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting. Typically, we we have the schedule conversation in January and uh, you kind of – run out of things to talk about by march and yet here we are you five weeks before well it was opening weekend i guess it's no longer opening weekend but uh we're not far away and so now we have a lot a lot of new stuff to talk about uh the the conversation about a a 10 plus one has been going on for a couple weeks now and had received word yesterday on tuesday Uh, that the ACC athletic director's primary recommendation would be a 10 plus one to the presidents today, although Brett McMurphy came out last night and he's got good sources saying that uh, they may not decide to vote. They may wait for another week for the NCAA's Board of Governors to make their decision about the other fall sports. And so it was looking like we were in limbo. Um, But fortunately, the presidents went ahead and made a decision. And like you said, it's, it's a decision made in pencil. You, you have to make a decision one way or the other. Uh, and once you make that decision, then you say, okay, we're set. Let's see how everything trends. I mean, Bronco Mendenhall had some pretty strong comments today about the fact he didn't like how things were trending. So he wasn't really concerned about the number of games scheduled. Uh, so a lot of that is still to discuss. But the fact that we have a schedule now of what it potentially will look like, um, and we don't have dates, we don't have television Uh, times or anything like that but we do know it's gonna be 10 conference games we do know there is one non-conference opponent that can be in the mix although that game would have to be in North Carolina for UNC and then of course the the topic that I think will get a lot of attention in the coming days after the initial conversation about scheduling is the fact that Notre Dame is a full-time member of the ACC for a couple months anyway
3: that is a I kinda like it. I'm telling you, Ross. I, I kinda like that Notre Dame comes in. Just looking at Carolina's schedule, if you're watching this on YouTube, Greg Barnes does not like that. Does Greg not going, like it. He I'm thinks that, with you I'm kinda with you, Tommy. He well, thinks that uh the ACC is a patsy. But yeah.
1: uh we'll yeah, discuss
0: think, that at some point. Ross, go ahead. I think a lot of the fans think that it's just kind of you're rolling over to the wishes of Notre Dame after they refuse to join the ACC for so many years. I mean if if we're going to bail them out now, they should go ahead and join the conference and we get that, you know, ACC gets that, that NBC TV money or however that works out. Yeah. I mean, look at the schedule. I mean, it's, it's exciting. I mean, that's the first thing you, you see some actual games. It's cool to see Notre Dame on there. It's cool to see Florida state. Um, you know, I was thinking, you know, does it really matter home and away because are there going to be fans? I mean, that's another thing to talk about. I mean, how much advantage is it to have Notre Dame in Chapel Hill? If there's only 10%, 20% of fans there, that's something to think about as well. And the question mark is what happens with this non-conference game. Um, you know, JMU's on the schedule. They could come down. UConn's on the schedule. They could come down in terms of they were on the previous schedule. They could play Elon. Elon's looking for opponents. They could play Appalachian State. Um, they could play a team in Charlotte. I mean, I heard a, a buddy texting me and said, what about playing Auburn and Charlotte? Now, that probably won't work out, but those are kind of the ideas that you have to be thinking about. Um, and I, Greg, why did they want to keep the game in North Carolina? What is the, what is the thinking behind keeping – a non-conference game in North Carolina. Safety?
1: I assume safety. I assume okay. travel costs is a big okay. part of it. Uh, I think more than anything, I was surprised about the, the travel aspect in terms of it being within the prospective states. Uh, we knew that it was going to be the, the medical protocol, and that was going to eliminate – it seemed as though that was going to eliminate a lot of the your group of five teams and the other schools not associated with the Power Five just because of the, the money involved with testing and all that. But with by requiring teams to play that non-conference game within, within their own state, like you said, you've got to be looking at some of these lower-level opponents. Uh, and then you get into the conversation, okay, well, what do we have to do to make sure they're elevated enough in terms of their testing protocols yeah. to match what the ACC wants?
3: Yeah. It's interesting. Wake Forest was that non-conference game last year, and now they're on the schedule. They could have <laughs> been that. This year, I, I don't know. Buck, you, your thoughts on this? I mean, I like the schedule. I'm still a little hesitant to get too excited about college football at this point, but at least they are working their way toward that goal.
2: Well, the, the headliner, obviously, is uh, for, for UNC is they get Notre Dame in Chapel Hill. Now, how big of an advantage is that, as Ross talked about, maybe not much, but I'd rather play Notre Dame. In Chapel Hill, than I had to go to South Bend. The other thing about, you know, they were trying to make the schedules travel friendly, but they've got North Carolina traveling to Florida State, Miami, and Boston College, which seems a little out of scale there. Although, you know, Boston College was already on the schedule. I like the fact they lose Pitt. I, I'm not a big fan of playing Pitt. Now, I know that North Carolina's kind of dominated them, but Pat Narduzzi has got that defense humming right now. So I'm not, uh, upset that or mad that they're losing Pitt. getting Syracuse is fine, uh, getting wake forest, a little chance for some get back from last year. Um, so overall, you know, you lose central Florida and you lose Auburn. The top teams that they're putting on the schedule is Notre Dame and who else? Notre Dame and who else? Florida
0: State, right? Florida State. Florida, Florida State. State is,
2: are they as good as UCF or Auburn, do you think?
0: You're you're one with a new coach. So. Well, yeah. It's a big game yeah. opponent, I think. It will attract a lot of attention that game will be. Well, yeah. well, yeah. well let's I mean, look it, at
3: the we, balance of it. You're you, you going towards the balance of it, Greg, and, and all three of you. And, Buck, I'll stay with you first. I think it's pretty similar schedule. We talked about it a little bit off the air, but uh, you add Notre Dame, you lose Auburn. You add Florida State, you lose UCF. And you, then you switch Pitt and Wake, Syracuse, all that. I don't see much difference in at least strength of schedule for North Carolina overall. It certainly hadn't lessened any hype train that's on the inside Carolina message boards, But
2: Well, the, the Auburn-Notre Dame swap, if that's what it comes down to, uh, Notre Dame was – consistently by just about every preseason magazine and everybody that I've seen look at it as consistently considered a top 10 team. Auburn marginal top Mm -hmm. 10 team. I think Phil still has them 19th. I think he has them ranked below North Carolina, um, Florida state and UCF. I think UCF would be the higher ranked team, uh, than Florida State in most preseason magazines. So um, Notre Dame is an upgrade in opposition based on all the preseason prognosticators, and Florida State may be a, a little bit down from UCF. So it does balance out in that aspect, I believe.
3: Greg, we've mentioned uh, the out of conference deal, um, but one thing Buck brought up looking at the The schedule Carolina goes to Boston college and to Miami. I mean, they, they cover the entire East coast. Was there any thought process there when ACC was putting this together? I know there was some pod discussion. There was, you know, some all these different three pods or or whatever. I mean, if travel restriction was a thing, I don't think they did a good job in that sense.
1: (laughs) Well, I I think, I think, Depending on who you talk to, meaning if you talk to you know, the, the big four, if you talk to you know, Clemson, Virginia, Virginia Tech, you're going to get a completely different uh, perspective than if you're talking with, with people from Miami or Syracuse or Boston College. Uh, you know, if, if the big four could just play each other twice and then add a couple games against Clemson and maybe even Georgia Tech and Virginia, uh, you'd be happy with that. You could drive to all those games. It wouldn't be much of an issue problem is that the acc footprint has expanded so much over the last 15 16 years now uh, that as you said i mean you're all up and down the atlantic seaboard and it's you know it's not fair from a acc perspective for syracuse uh to have to travel you know, maybe to miami and to florida state just to make things work easier for the north carolina schools for example and so I think that was certainly a topic of conversation, but at the end of the day, you couldn't make it work for everybody involved. Um, that was something they they, they did discuss, um, but unfortunately it's not going to play out that way. I do. I, I found it interesting. I mean, North Carolina's not conference schedule didn't change that much. Uh, you know, you're still going to Boston college, you're still going to Miami. Uh, you do have to go to Florida state, but then the other, the other three games, uh, are home games, and so you get rid of Pitt, and then you get rid of Georgia Tech, but you bring in three more home games. So, the the core of that conference slate is pretty similar, with just that one notable uh, travel down to Tallahassee.
0: Greg, did you mention? I don't, I just noticed that Syracuse and BC are both not playing Florida State and Miami. Was, did you say that, or is that? No, I didn't. Yeah, I mean that's one well, thing they've done. So the two most northern right. so, teams are not playing the two most southern teams.
1: Right, so there, obviously the, the idea is there, uh, yeah. but in terms of making it work where everybody could, could benefit to the, the best of, say, the, eight, the big four schools, for example, they couldn't make that work, but they, they did their best in, in trying to limit exposure for all those other teams. Yeah. It's and a tough ask when you've got schools everywhere.
0: And yeah. if you look, like Syracuse and BC are both playing Notre Dame and Pitt and like Pitt's playing, Notre – or yeah, Pitt's playing. So they're trying to keep, there are there is some regional aspects here, but then you have UNC going up to, um, you know, Pitt and Syracuse and, and down to Florida as well. So yeah, yeah I, I just noticed
3: that Syracuse and Boston College don't have to go to Florida, um, yeah. but which raises the question. I mean, who knows where we are in a couple months, but Florida, we know what's going on down there. Uh, I mean, and we've seen what's going on with the Miami Marlins and major league baseball down there i mean that makes that's got to make people nervous got to make the powers that be in the acc nervous about getting this thing done what's happening now
2: though is it seems like the sunbelt and again i don't have a medical degree but i'm just read what i read and it looks like (laughs) the sunbelt seems to be calming down a little bit and the midwest is picking back up in terms of uh, possible, you know, new cases and so on and so forth. So who knows what it's going to be in September. We've seen this thing change time after time, after time. So we'll just look and see, you know, how that works out. One thing I wanted to mention before we get any further, the Virginia tech game got a little easier today. Um, Caleb is out, he's uh, skipping the, uh, 2020 season he, and he's no without doubt their best secondary player maybe the best cornerback in the acc is uh, opting out of the 2020 season and unc gets tony grimes so uh, i think North carolina's pretty uh looking pretty good in the secondary uh while virginia tech takes a step back today
1: yeah the the aspect of that that's fascinating buck is that we don't really Care that much about Virginia Tech this year, right? Because there's no divisions, and it's it's the two best teams. Well,
2: every every conference game counts,
1: sir. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But you, we spent the whole spring talking about Virginia Tech being UNC's primary competition in the uh, Coastal Division, along with Miami. And now we're going to have to reload a little bit and say, okay, well, the the divisions no longer matter, Uh, and. Notre Dame all of a sudden, because of that situation, I mean, where do they, where do they rank? I mean, are they a front runner to play for the ACC title this year with Clemson?
0: Yeah. yeah and, I mean, I think, go ahead.
2: Uh, you know, uh, in terms of North Carolina <laughs> schedule though, the publications I've seen, all of them have Virginia tech ranked. All right. of them have Miami ranked. All of them have Notre Dame ranked, you know, so that's like three ranked teams on North Carolina's schedule, you know, off the bat and, you know, whether some of these other teams, like maybe a Florida state comes on or not, but in, in terms of ranked ACC teams, I I don't remember the last time, uh, North Carolina played three ranked ACC teams over the course of a season. It's happened, I'm sure. But, um, that that's, that jumps out off the page there. Now, obviously it's not about winning the coastal anymore, but if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, but they're still basing this off of conference wins and losses, correct. You know, so, uh, you know, nine and one, unless Clemson runs the table, puts you in the conversation. I suppose. I don't know what the tiebreakers will be. I don't know if they know what the tiebreakers are going to be.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously, not- a cluster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If if this completely <laughs> changes everything. Like like Greg said, I mean, you got Clemson at the top, Clemson, Notre Dame. You got to think those two are the front runners. Behind them, you know, it could be you know, Carolina, Miami, Virginia Tech. And, and is that kind of the next group of, of teams? Maybe Louisville? Um, I'm not sure how good a team like Wake is going to be this year, Virginia Tech. Yeah. So, Notre Dame definitely changed that, the dynamic of the conference. And if you look ahead to, to maybe what this conference is in 10 years from now, if Notre Dame is in it, you know, it would be those two powers, Notre Dame and Clemson. And with UNC trending up now, I mean, that's kind of where I see, you know, the schedule going out this year. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let me let me stick in a Johnny T-shirt uh,
3: comment <laughs> right here. Johnny T-shirt certainly sponsors of this podcast, sponsors of the Inside Carolina family. Get your gear at Johnny T-shirt and they're having plenty of sales. You uh, you sign up for the emails. You always get email notification on whatever sales are going on and great people to visit. Premium subscribers get 10% off their everyday order. If you're not a premium subscriber, uh, you need to subscribe on Inside Carolina. You need to click subscribe at the bottom of this YouTube video and you need to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Subscribe to us, rate us, review us. It helps us out. Greg, let's talk about the Notre Dame factor here, and it's sort of a twofold thing, and it's something you mentioned too as well, Ross. Notre Dame plays Clemson, Florida State, and Louisville all at home. Normally you say, hey, that's wonderful to get those teams at home. But, Greg, how much does home matter in this environment, Um, and does Notre Dame get a benefit other than, like I mentioned, off the air sleeping in your own bed?
1: Yeah, you have to imagine at least early in the season – um while well, they're trying to figure out, you know, how to handle social distancing and how they handle a travel protocol. Uh there is a benefit to playing at home. Um, I would imagine as the season goes along, if, if things get better as we all hope they do, uh it wouldn't be as big of a deal. But yeah, I mean I think the fact that you know most of these schools are talking about, you know, ten to twenty-five percent capacity, uh that's that's pretty significant in terms of you you're not gonna get much of a of a home crowd doing that, it is really, as you said, it's the benefit of sleeping in your own bed and and all those kinds of things. So, um, I th- I think it's fascinating that this will really be a, a good test of look. It's you've got ten conference games. You don't you. Know, we're not talking about having to win a division. Mm-hmm. You know, with the Coastal Division, you can go five and three and win it, right? It gives uh, actually- NC
0: State a chance. State has a chance now to win the Atlantic. Now, no excuses, right? Ah.
1: Absolutely. Today. They, <laughs>
0: could,
1: they could prove that they can win the Coastal Division, right? This, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. this is their year. <laughs> um, but it's that, that whole dynamic of you. Know, the crowds don't matter really or not as much. You have a 10-game schedule. It's all one division. Uh, may the best team win. And, and all these uh, other variables mm-hmm. that we like to talk about so much. They're really kind of on the sidelines, and it's just about who's the best team on the field that particular day.
0: One thing I'll add on, on home games, you know, if it's going to be 20% capacity or 25% capacity, I mean, crowd noise becomes uh, pretty much non-factor. You're going to hear coaches calling in plays. Coaches are going to hate that, but it's good for the, you know, it helps the away team because they it's don't like have – It's like a spring to, game. They don't have to do this to hear the play call. They don't have to, you know, doesn't have to be as many signals. They're going to be able to hear everything, um, and you're not going to have fans right on you yelling. So. You know, maybe it helps a team like Duke. Well, it's a mixed bag, right? Because uh, North Carolina won't have to worry about
2: Florida State fans.
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, Uh, it it gives the advantage to the away team not having a crowd factor uh, during away games.
1: Like when Notre Dame goes to – well, I guess guess Clemson has to go to Notre Dame. I I was looking at – yeah, look at
3: look at virginia's away schedule good lord
1: In in, in a normal year oh yeah it's brutal that's a good example time that's what i was getting at like at clemson at florida state at virginia tech <laughs> arguably the three loudest stadiums in the acc
3: yeah brutal but okay. this this deal is just strap it up and play got 10 games everybody's racing to the same finish line strap it up let's go what I was going to say, rather than follow up on what Tommy just said was, <laughs> that's what
2: you, we, usually. we have got to, before we close out this podcast, have Tommy and I on a debate team against you and Greg as to why it's a good <laughs> idea or a bad idea that they're including Notre Dame in the whole ball of wax for the ACC. Cause I think Tommy and I are on the same page and you and Greg are on the same page.
0: Well, I love it for the competition, like adding a team. It's great for a good team. But financially for the conference, you know, does that really – I mean, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I mean, I'm sure Greg has a better answer than I do. But you're going to bail them out now. They better help you out later is, is what I'm thinking for the ACC. But, I mean, for, for being a fan and not caring about the future of the ACC, I think it's great for this year. It's awesome.
3: Well, yeah, it's a cool, sit, it's a cool addition. Yeah, we sit here and talk about Pitt, Syracuse, and Boston College. I mean, let's be honest. The ACC is not what it used to be. But, Greg, tell me why – I know why, but tell our, our listeners why you don't think Notre Dame's addition here is a good deal for the ACC. uh, uh
1: let's say I think it's a good a good idea for the year. Okay, here's my here's my issue with it.
2: You, you, that- I, we can't win if you give up at the start, Greg. <laughs> You're waving the white, white you, flag already. We you can't. guys are
1: already trying to put me in the corner saying it's not a good idea to have. Well, you were game. shaking
2: your head when Tommy said it was a good idea. <laughs> we could see you doing the – right. uh, uh, Welcome to the Zoom world.
1: Yeah, i tell you. Yeah, the, that's uh, right. The YouTube world. So, the Pac-12 has already done their conference-only games, and that knocks out a lot of what Notre Dame wanted to play. And so Notre Dame is kind of reeling right now. Now, are they going to be able to find teams to play? Of course. They're an independent, you know, teams are going to be looking for opponents. Notre Dame would be able to make that work. However, the ACC has been over backwards for Notre Dame in allowing them not to join the ACC in football. Now you do have the clause, I think it's through 2035. If Notre Dame decides to join a conference, it has to be the ACC. One of the big sticking points from Notre Dame's perspective, has been that NBC contract money, which I get. It's a lot, of, a lot of cash NBC is throwing at them. I think that deal, Buck, you can correct me here, is like through 20, 26 maybe? 20,
2: okay. 15 million a year right now, yep. if it goes up or not.
1: Right. So that's always kind of been what they've said. Well, we can't really have discussion about doing right now because we have this contract in place for another five, ten years. We'll, we'll, we'll kick it down the road. I think this is the ultimate opportunity. and This was the ultimate opportunity for John Swofford, who has done a tremendous job for, for the ACC in the way that he's handled expansion. This would have been a feather in his cap to be like, look, a lot of cash there, big brand name. We would love to have you in the ACC. If we're going to help you out though, in a pandemic year, when we're trying to get our ducks in a row, you're going to have to say, look, when we get to that point where that NBC contract is up, we're going to join the ACC. That has to be a stipulation here. And if, if, you, if you're able to get that done, Notre Dame says, look, we, we need you this year. And this is a crazy, you know, we've never had a year like this in college football. We need the ACC. And by John Swofford only focusing on the revenue for 2020, which is what this was, he wanted that NBC money because all these television revenues between ESPN and NBC are going to be shared equally among all 15 teams. So that's going to help because all these schools are really struggling financially by, by being short-sighted and not holding Notre Dame's feet to the fire, you're letting them off easy. You had to have required a stipulation that if we do this and if Notre Dame can play for the ACC title and get a spot in the Orange Bowl, they have to commit to joining the ACC because it is going to be hysterical and it's going to be a bad look on the ACC for years to come. If Notre Dame joins for one year, they somehow get to the title game, upset Clemson, and they have that bragging right of being an ACC champion without ever having been a member.
0: He hey, makes a que- que- good point. Yeah, but- a yeah, question, Greg. So the, <laughs> they get NBC money, f- five home games, same money, and it all goes into the ACC pool to be spread amongst yes. the other teams. Right.
2: They're, take, they're taking the NBC money and the ACC money. Gotcha. Putting it in the same spot, splitting it, splitting it 15 ways.
3: So, so how do we know that deal didn't happen?
2: That's my question, Greg. Ooh. Now, the why not one thing now? I can be sure of is that if that was a stipulation, they'd have never made that public. They would have never said in 2025, we're leaving NBC. We're going all in with the ACC. NBC would be upset. All of the people they've got scheduled between now and 2025 would be upset. It, you know, how do you explain that in that context? If that is a written, agreed-to provision in the contract, we Tommy makes a great point. We don't know that that didn't happen.
1: I'm comfortable
3: in saying it didn't happen. Well, I'm comfortable in saying that it did. I don't know. I'm starting to think if you can't prove me wrong, then I must be right. That's there the, you that's, go. That's how things are these days, right? That's exactly that's right. right. All right, boys. Last thing, Greg, uh, Buck, you mentioned it. And, and I want just to talk about it briefly because I think it's relevant, it maybe a completely other podcast. But the, Greg, the Virginia guy, the Virginia Tech corner, opts out. Carolina obviously has at least one. That's a sure-file NFL pick at this point. Um the NBA is doing it. The NFL is doing it. I mean, is that a thing? Is that going to become a thing in your mind? You follow it as much as well as anybody. I mean, I don't understand why you would opt out because of what's going on. I can see opting out. So you don't want to get hurt. You know what I mean? It's just a, I don't know. Is it a thing or is it a one-time thing?
1: You know, there's, there's the whole conversation. It, as we talked about earlier, this, this is written in pencil. And we all hope that this goes off according to plan. We go through the whole season, we have bowl games, all those kind of things, and everything's fine. I think the issue is going to be is what happens when a team, you know, like with the Marlins this past weekend, you get 14 guys that get COVID, and their mild symptoms are healthy, not an issue. But in reading through the ACC documentation today. I mean, it's a 10-day quarantine from the time that you either test positive or, or show symptoms. Contact tracing is 14 days. So we're talking about the potential for, for two weeks of anybody that came in contact with somebody who had COVID. So I think there's going to the potential for certain relevant teams uh, to just get demolished in terms of you, your key players not being able to play. And when you go to conference-only schedules like what North Carolina has, we're not talking about oh well they play Mercer next week you know we can we can manage it you don't play in Mercer this year I mean you may play UConn or, or James Madison mm-hmm. uh, but you're playing good opponents each each week and you're not as we talked about you don't have a division it's every game matters and not conference standing so there's the potential for teams to to really uh, have have some issues and for the best teams not to be at the top of the polls because of COVID so when you extrapolate that and you start talking about well how does this affect teams nationally? You know, what if things go off the rails and you have teams that maybe can't even build a team for a week and you have some of these worst case scenario things pop up. Are we really talking about a legitimate season? Like Tommy, you and I were talking about the other day. I mean, is this a season that may end up with just asterisks beside it? And if it's not, if it's not uh, kind of the true season that everybody wants it to be, do we get midway through? and Some guys are like, you know what? This is not worth it. I'm just going to pull out. As opposed I mean, to doing it already.
0: What about I mean with Trevor Lawrence? I mean I mean other right. than, I mean, even though other, other than being there for your brothers and, and trying to win a, a national championship, I mean, why would he play? You know, if they lose a couple games, maybe Clemson lose a couple games, like, well, we're not gonna win a championship. I'm not gonna play. I mean, he's the I, I guy who has the most to lose.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's important for college football to to really pay attention to what's happening with uh, the NBA and MLB and, and hockey. Because there are cases that are popping up there, Uh, but they seem to be doing a pretty good job at this point. Of okay, once we have this issue, we're containing it. We're making sure it doesn't spread. And so you need to see success from the pro teams to really help college football be able to navigate this effectively. Um, And so hopefully that's not an issue. But Tommy, I I think I think a lot of these guys are going to be having these thoughts, and a lot of the guys are going to be on the fence. And so the ones that are on the fence but decide to play when things turn south or turn left. If they potentially do, do they back out? Um, I, I don't know. That's that'll be something to to watch clearly.
3: It'll be a fascinating study to to pay attention to it. I'm, I mean, the thing about the NBA and and the uh, they're in a bubble, and hockey's in a bubble up in Canada, and soccer's in a bubble, but MLB's not. And then these guys get it. I think MLB's roster sixty. They have 60 available players in case that happens. College yeah. football, certainly not. Well, you got 85. They could say, strap it up and play, you know, so lot to talk about. We finally have a schedule to look at it. At least teams on a schedule. Greg, any word when dates might get ironed out. No, we'll come back and do this whenever that happens. I suppose. Yep. Buck
2: Sanders, and we're not and we're
3: sure, we're sure not sure if it's
2: going to start the 12th or the 19th, it could start the 19th, correct?
1: It's, it's the second week of September. So, the, the 12th and the 19th is the ACC championship game date in December. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it can't start Labor Day weekend, which is supposed to be week one, but it can start as early as the 7th of September, mm-hmm. which I guess is – I don't know if that's Labor Day or the day after, but that's the, yeah, that's the sure. idea.
2: An- so, another podcast, but I'll throw it out there before I go. Uh, so, what happens with fall camp if North Carolina doesn't play to the 12th? They keep going? They don't – they have NCAA-modified things to allow them to go over their allotted number of practices and so forth?
1: We will have to wait until next Tuesday, which is when the NCAA Board of Governors uh, rules on what they want to do with fall sports. But with the ACC making a decision, you would hope that the SEC will go ahead and make their decision and, and Big 12 will be there with them. Um and by that point, they can say, hey, these are changes that need to occur because the Football Oversight Committee is, is part of that. And I, I, They're the ones that told, you know, as you've covered so well, Buck, they're the ones that kind of put their, their foot in the ground and said, hey, don't make a decision yet. Let's wait a couple weeks, see how things turn out. Uh, but we'll have guidance on that then. I'm trying to remember. I, I can't remember if it's 29 days or 29 practices. I need to look that up. I don't have it in front of me right now. That you're allotted in training camp. Right. It, typically, it's if your first game is on this day. I think as you have 29 days prior to that, is when you can start training camp. And so clearly, with them pushing the start of the schedule, at least for the ACC, back a week or up a week, however you say that, uh, it it could it could change how UNC approaches training camp. But for right now, it's it's August sixth.
3: One thing's for certain: I'll be canceling my hotel in Atlanta, for September twelfth. We got to cancel some flights. Greg. Flights. Yeah, hotels. That's right there. Yeah, what about so,
2: Orlando? You still got that one on the schedule?
3: All of that. If anybody needs a hotel in Orlando <laughs> or, or in Atlanta or some Southwest flights, <laughs> give me a call. Boys, it's been fun. Buck Sanders, Ross Martin, Greg Barnes, Inside Carolina Podcast, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Rate us, review us on iTunes, subscribe on YouTube, check us out. We'll be back. This This crazy bunch will be back talking about the next step. In the process of getting ACC football going. Thanks guys. Thank you Tommy.
1: Thanks Tommy. Thanks Thanks for listening
2: to another podcast from insidecarolina.com brought to you by johnnytshirt.com where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.